Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Takes a lot of different disciplines. And so I am a chemical oceanographer, which means I study the chemistry of the ocean. They are physical oceanographers, they study all the physics and the movement of the oceans, the biological oceanographers that study the biology of the ocean, geological oceanographers that study the geology of the ocean. And, and you study the, the chemical chemistry. oceanographers, you, you study the chemistry of, of the, the ocean. ocean. Yeah. It, it, the chemistry meaning uh, uh, the balance of different the different chemicals in the ocean and uh, if that goes out of balance, that sort of a thing? Well, there are different types of chemical oceanographers and there are very many different chemicals that are dissolved in the oceans, right? We know that the oceans are salty. Yes. And so all of those salts are different chemicals that are dissolved in the oceans. So f- the part that I'm interested in are nutrients. There are a lot of nutrients that are dissolved in the ocean. So I look at nutrients that are nutrients for phytoplankton. Phytoplankton are unicellular organisms that are like plants. They do photosynthesis. They're the best of the food web in the ocean. And so I'm interested yeah. in the chemicals that serve them as nutrients, right? Just Kind of like you add nutrients to your garden when you fertilize your garden. There are natural nutrients in the ocean uh, that are dissolved in seawater, and then yeah. that's sort of what I study. Um, and this, it, it, that is an interesting point in that you, you talk about the saltiness in seawater. I mean, it, that makes the water unpotable. You can't drink it, but it also is vital for life itself, because that's where so much of the food chain begins, is in the ocean. Uh, certainly for ocean life, and I think for beyond that as well. That right. that chemical mix is absolutely important. Life could not survive if the ocean waters were not salty. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, and because the food web in the ocean starts with these unicellular organisms, the only way that they can get nutrients is from the water, right? And so nutrients... Um, that are at the surface are taken up by these photosynthetic organisms. They need to be at the surface because they need light, right? And so when they die and they sink to the bottom of the ocean, there are bacteria out there that sort of decompose that phytoplankton, and then they make the phytoplankton back into nutrients. And as the water moves throughout the ocean, those nutrients come back up to the surface to feed phytoplankton in some other region. And so it's this really nice system that is all interconnected. Yeah. Or circle of life, you could say. Yeah. Even though that's a song title, it actually, there is something to that. Right. And it takes about a thousand to two thousand years to go from the North Atlantic and you move water throughout the oceans and it comes up again up in the uh, North Pacific over here with all of these nutrient-rich waters. And as they mix to the surface, you provide all of these nutrients to the plants here in the North Pacific. You said a 1,000 to 2,000 years for one major cycle like that to happen. Right. That would indicate that most of uh, human history in the modern sense, as far as the, the, the stretch of time where we have written history, you know, going back four or five thousand years, we've only had maybe two or three cycles. Yeah, it's kind where of that crazy happens. To think of that. Yeah. Uh, does it does it uh, also translate, if you know, into other bodies of water that are salty? Like I think, for instance, the Dead Sea in Israel, which which or the Salt Sea, it's also known as, which mm-hmm. is so salty 
that you can't sink in it. You can you can sit there and float in it. it it's buoyant. Its buoyancy is is enough to hold you up because it's so salty you can't sink. And there's really hardly any life in it because of the salinity. Does does the ocean uh, cycle play into that as well? I mean, even though that's an inland body of water, is, is there a relation there? Yeah, there is. And there are, you know, it's like all of the water is interconnected. So those waters, like water from the Mediterranean, come, comes back out into the Atlantic. And you can tell by its salinity signature where the body of water is coming mm-hmm. out into the North Atlantic. The thing that is interesting, too, is like that area is a desert, right? And right. So In fact, Dead have, Sea is the lowest. Uh, it's like 3,000 feet below sea level. Right. Yeah. And so all of that evaporation that is happening, it's only the water that evaporates, but the salt stay behind. And that's what makes that water so salty. Even though it's being fed a little bit by the Jordan River. So it has right. a freshwater influx. It has some freshwater. But yeah. it's being evaporated, and the salt is actually, its salinity is increasing. Uh-huh. Now, of all the oceans, I mean, I, I realize, and I realize, you know, the, the oceans are basically one large body of water around the world, and we humans call them different oceans to differentiate the regions. But have you found that any one of those oceans is really unique and different in itself from any of the others as far as, even though they're all interconnected, do, does any one of them stand out to you as that's a very unique system in itself and it, it's different from the others. Do, well, do they have that sort of a separation, even yeah. though they're all connected? Yeah, all of the oceans have different characteristics. And as I was saying, you can tell by the signatures from their salinity and their temperature. Even though to us it all looks like water, if you look at the salinity and temperature, you can know where that water was and where that water is coming from. And um, Because it mixes a certain way in a certain region. Right, because that salinity and temperature gives them a density, and so you put them in different layers, right? So you have less dense water it comes to the surface, more dense water it sinks and yeah. goes down below. And um, it's almost two different regions in one ocean can also have very different characteristics depending on what's happening, right? So... The North Atlantic can be similar to the North Pacific, while the Tropical Atlantic can be similar to the Tropical Pacific because there are a lot of similar um, right. yeah, weather patterns that happen in those regions that can affect the surface ocean in the same way. So now you got me thinking about uh, the connectivity of the oceans. I wonder if anything – was anything you think affected by the Panama Canal being dug and now those uh, those two bodies of water are touching, or is that so small that it doesn't really affect anything? Yeah, it doesn't really – does, in okay. the global sense, it doesn't really affect anything. And, you know, there was a time in history when the ocean water was a lot more, there was a lot more water in the ocean so that the Panama Canal was actually, or Panama was actually underwater, right? Really? And so, so the, there, was there was a, a time in the past when that connection, land connection wasn't was, there. Wasn't there. Just like there was, you know, when you have a lot more freezing that happens in colder temperatures than a lot of the water that used to be in the ocean is now... Uh, frozen and a lot, and then you have more connections like you used to have the Bering Sea. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, we were connected to Asia at one point, the land bridge. Right, and so things do change quite a bit if you think about. Re- With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
really long time scales. Right? What about uh, places like Antarctica? Uh, because I, I understand that Antarctica, of course, the waters around the continent there immediately around are very cold. Uh, but there are fingers of that cold water that go north, almost possibly up to the equator, deep under the under the ocean. Under the ocean, yeah, there, yeah. There is cold water if a person could survive the pressure, and you were down there and you could feel it. Oh, you'd suddenly notice it getting very, very cold. Uh, how does that play into the, the chemistry of the ocean? Does that deliver things from the South Pole region up to the north and... Right, exactly. It actually feeds this system. Right, and so we have biogeochemical cycles that happen in the ocean, so things get altered by the biology and the geology of the ocean, and then all of the circulation just sort of moves the water around. And so if you think in these sort of thousand-year uh, timescales, you can almost imagine like you have this pot of water that is getting mixed um, through all of these circulation patterns in like a giant cauldron <laughs> yes okay yeah. and it affects uh it would affect ocean life of course because this affects the the photoplankton process that you mentioned right uh, and it affects the nutrient delivery and all of these things uh and you know no matter where you are in the ocean if you happen to if you could just dive all the way down you go from warmer water to colder and colder and colder water, right? Because yeah. that dense cold water is just sinking and it stays down below. So all profiles always look warm at the surface, and as you come down, it gets colder and colder. That's where you start noticing different things. Uh-huh. Is there a difference in the chemistry uh, in, in specific spots like, uh, I think, the Marianas Trench, which mm-hmm. is uh, the deepest known spot on Earth, about seven miles, over seven miles deep in the South Pacific there. And, in fact, Challenger Deep, as it's known, is the lowest spot of the Marianas Trench. Um, have, has there been any study as far as the ocean chemistry in places like that? Would it be very different? Because there's very little life down there. some, but not much, because it's so deep. Right, is, but, it, is it different there? Yeah, but you always have bacteria. That's one thing that you have throughout the Even ocean. in Challenger Deep, there are bacteria. <laughs> yes, yeah, there are bacteria that live down there. And you always have stuff that is used to be at the surface, it dies, and it starts to sink right. and goes down. Or you have dust that gets deposited on the surface of the ocean. Yeah, just and dust just and dirt, it, it goes and down. It just, and then you keep making um, sediment, and then things can dissolve out of that dust and become part of the salinity uh, that is in the ocean. And if you have really sluggish circulation and you have a lot of bacteria that are respiring, they're using up oxygen, right? And so you're getting your oxygen levels in the deep parts of the ocean that get lower and lower. Mm, yeah. But because the ocean is always mixing and always moving around, you're always ventilating the ocean, so you're always introducing oxygen into the ocean. So you don't really have any place that is devoid of oxygen. So that's another thing that's pretty neat. And, and it's pretty tough bacteria, too, when it's <laughs> on the bottom of the Marianas Trench like that. If it can survive three tons per inch or however much it is, water pressure, that's... Uh, Pretty tough germs, folks. This is fascinating. I'm Eric Allen. We are on the morning show about eight minutes out from the top of the hour, and uh, we're in studio with Anna Aguilar-Islas, Associate Professor in Chemical Oceanography up at uh, the university. We will be right back. KFBX! And good morning. Here I am. Eric Allen on the morning show. Rob Prince uh, sitting in as well. We are in studio with Associate Professor Anna Aguilar-Islas. She's an Associate Professor in Chemical Oceanography. We've been talking about uh, a number of things with the ocean, the photoplankton, uh, the movement of uh, different temperatures of water, bacteria, how they break things down, how they exist at every level. 
And uh, in our closing moments here, we have about three minutes before the top of the hour, uh, Professor, you wanted to touch on uh, the LTR project going on in the Gulf of Alaska. What What's that all about? Yeah, so this is a new project that just started, and it is a long-term ecological research site in the northern Gulf of Alaska. It's part of a larger network. There are 28 sites altogether. Uh, there are four of them in Alaska. Uh, and uh, what we do is we study the... Uh, the systems of the Gulf of Alaska as an, as a system and seeing what are the drivers that, um, that are at work there. And by understanding that, we can then be better at predicting what might happen in the future and being better managers of the region. So, um, yeah, so we had our first, um, our first cruise this past, um, April and May, and uh, we were out there. And so the area that we were studying is we're basically going all the way from Kayak Island to Kodiak Island. Okay, and that's so quite a swath there. Wide, yeah. wide swath and understanding uh, what makes that system be so productive, right? So we have these great fisheries that happen there, and it all has to start at the base of the food web, which are, as we were talking about, phytoplankton, and then what are the nutrients that feed those, what are the physics that happen that bring the nutrients to that area, and how is that energy that those phytoplankton produce get transferred to the next trophic level through the zooplankton and the fish and the mammals and the birds. So and you said that happened uh, last month and this month? You said April and May, was, or do you mean last year? No, April and May. So we started okay. in mid-April, and we ended at the beginning of May. So it expanded. Uh, really? We okay. were out there for three weeks. Is yeah. it going to be happening again next year, you think? It's going to be happening for the next five years. Five years, and wow. So we have okay. three cruises a year. So we're going to be going back out in July and then again in September. And so every year we go out three times. When it's nice and warm. <laughs> when it's nice. <laughs> It'd be kind of hard to do this in winter, I think. Yeah. yeah. Do, do you do any winter studies in the ocean? Uh, I have, but uh, not in the Gulf of Alaska. I have not. Okay. And yeah. So, yeah. Gulf of Alaska. Of course, I'm thinking of the Bering Sea, the sea swells there. Get kind of, oh boy, get, yeah. get the Dramamine out before <laughs> yeah. you do it. But uh, there, are, there are certainly seasons to do it then and not do it. But this has been really, fa- we're out of time today. I, I, I wish we had more. This is a really fascinating topic, but I thank you for coming into the studios and uh, telling yeah, us just a yeah a thumbnail sketch there of everything you've been doing. Much more we can get to, but again, we're just out of time. Professor... Uh, Associate Professor Ana Aguilar-Islas, she's in uh, chemical oceanography up at UAF, and she's been with us in studio on the morning show today. Look at that. We are up against 9 o'clock. It is time for ABC News and then the Rush Limbaugh program on the other side of that. I'm Eric Allen and uh, Rob Prince in here with me. We'll see you tomorrow morning. News Radio 970, KFBX Fairbanks, and iHeartRadio station.